Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what inspired it and today on the show I, i've been really excited about this one not just because it's todd phillips and joaquin phoenix's take on the iconic joker character but because it's the conclusion of our trilogy of super nerd out episodes with my buddies chad clinton freeman and ryan darty we uh covered the uh the movie glass earlier this year as well as a most anticipated movies of the year episode and now we're back, so this is going to be a fun one. Uh, before we get into it, I want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on social media at PiecingPod, and join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where I'm sure there will be a million takes, some of them good, some of them bad, about Joker. And, of course, all the other movies we love to talk about on this show. So... I think we might as well just get right into this one because it's a long one. So let's jump into this conversation about Joker. All right, it is the conclusion to the trilogy of Ryan Shad Dave episodes. Guys, so glad to have you here. Oh, I'm excited. How you guys doing? <laughs> I, I I was ready to see this movie uh, and talk about it because I think this was an all, on all of our top tens at the start of the year, right? Wasn't it the only no. one that we all three had? No, I didn't. I didn't have it. Oh, list, actually, <laughs> you didn't have it of all people. <laughs> I, I truthfully, I di- I didn't get excited about this movie until I I, I saw the trailer really because okay. I I was skeptical because I. Todd Phillips, I didn't sure. think he would come up with anything, really. That is so, that is a hundred percent fair. I mean, to um, be fair, I'm I'm not sure. You know, we're not talking about how we feel about this movie. Yet. I'm not sure that Todd Phillips came up with anything for this movie. If we're being yeah, I think I think there's a conspiracy theory just starting to hit the internet tonight that uh, Joaquin Phoenix actually directed this. Um, well, I but... think it pretty much pretty it's pretty much his movie. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I mean, so that makes sense. Anything's possible. Well, uh, for, for for the listeners, uh, Ryan and Chad were on our uh, most awaited movies of the year episode. And then, of course, we also did an episode on M. Night Shyamalan's Glass. And we had decided a while back that we were going to uh, complete this trilogy by covering Joker. Because this is most people, other than Chad's most awaited movie of the year, or towards the top anyway. And it's finally here. And... Um, 
Yeah, uh, I I'm really excited to talk about it. I mean, there's there's going to be so much to get into with this movie. Um, why don't we get like let's start with Chad and then we'll go to Ryan. Um, just just general first thoughts jumping in before we start getting into puzzle pieces. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I was I was shocked when I saw this movie. I I wasn't uh, like I said I wasn't excited about this earlier in, in the year. Um, I, Todd Phillips, I'm not big on him. I, I think I've only actually seen one full movie of his. Uh, that would be uh, War Dogs. I didn't like it. Um, mm-hmm. I was disappointed with it, and I thought this was going to be more of that. So I was pleasantly shocked at how much I did like this movie. So uh, I was very, very uh, happy with it. I uh, I thought it was great. One of the best movies um, of the year, easily. So Awesome. Ryan, what about you? I'm still just trying to get over the fact that this is essentially DC's version of Logan. Like, for all intents and purposes, (laughs) this is solving, like, the same problem that Logan tried to solve for the Marvel Universe. And they just said, let's get that dude from Signs and make him be a bad guy whose, like, power is essentially to look like he went to Hot Topic at some point. Um, But I cannot imagine being Jared Leto right now. And, like... After all the weird shit he did, and he like, because Jared Leto, actually, so uh, really quick, Chad, I know you love Suicide Squad. Did you like Jared Leto as a Joker in I, it? Or I, I, I didn't love Suicide Squad. Oh, really? I, I thought you I, did. I'm sorry. I, I loved pieces of it. But okay. yeah, I, I thought Jared Leto was great. I, th- okay. I thought he was a good Joker. Based on your excitement for Birds of Prey, I I did not really. Is it more just like that you liked Harley than you liked? Oh Suicide yeah, I, thought, I, lo- I loved Harley. I loved Deadshot. Okay. I loved uh, I loved the energy of the movie, but it, I hated the the story. So you okay, yeah, actually, you I love think bad that's, movies. That's actually, I would one hundred percent agree with that. I think <laughs> I probably liked it less than you, but I would agree with everything okay. you just said. Okay. Um. But yeah. So um. You know, Can we he, just rewind for a second to Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix being the actor from Signs? That's that's all I'm leaving us. So so yeah. we're gonna I I uh, at been least under, he probably doesn't even know who River Phoenix is either. So I know he's dead, and I know I think that Johnny Depp was involved in it. That's about it. Um, no, that's like, so I have been. It's a recurring theme on this show that I'm underprepared for episodes, but I yes. think we should just get it out of the way. How massively underprepared I am for this movie. Um, I think the only thing I've ever seen Joaquin Phoenix in may have been Signs and that interview on David Letterman where he was really fucking weird. Um, You haven't even seen, like, Gladiator? Right. I I forgot he was in that, actually. I haven't seen Gladiator since I was, like, 10, though. So I genuinely think I've... And he gets a lot of praise, but none of it's ever, like... I wanted to see that weird mock. I, I'm still here. I think it was oh, called. I, I've I've heard amazing things about you were never really here. That's so apparently great. he's just good in movies that involve him being here or not being here. He likes right. to be places. Um, this I I do agree that this should have been the trilogy of the here movies. Mm. It totally would have fit perfect. It hundred percent. So but, it, uh, it goes uh, perfect with those other two. The the bigger one that's a that's trouble for me being underprepared for this movie. Uh, I think the only Martin Scorsese movie I've ever seen is The Departed. Uh, and this movie is basically oh, just Todd Phillips being like, if I copied one Martin Scorsese movie, I'd be a ripoff. But if I copied two, it's art. So, so okay, quick question before <laughs> yeah. we get into some stuff here. Uh, 
So if you have only seen The Departed, oh, no, I've how, seen Shutter how, Island too. I've seen Shutter Island too. Okay, bam. How do, how does that color your reaction to his uh, his his statement that that comic book movies are are just amusement park rides and aren't really cinema? I think if he had, I haven't read the full thing besides the just cinema statement, but my but he's just some guy. Headline was of course they're fucking not. So I might be on like when he's like, oh, anyone who watches movies on their phone should like die. I'm like, all right, well, go away, old man. But when he's like, oh, it's not high cinema, I'm like, no one thought it was. Like that's like going to the dude at McDonald's and being like, you know that there's like. Wagyu beef out there, and they're like, yeah, I fucking know, but that's not what I'm looking for at McDonald's. Go away, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Scorsese, I think we should start this conversation yeah. off. Um, the, 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 of course, first thing that we should talk about, like just jump right in, is the Scorsese influence of this movie. Um, it, it's impossible, there's no reason for us to wait for later to talk about it, but Taxi Driver and the King of Comedy. Uh, are so obviously the main like DNA of this movie. This is, you know, Todd Phillips or whoever really uh, put this thing together. <laughs> uh, basically, really loves those two movies and said, "How could I make that movie?" Right. And it was like, "Ooh, I know. I'm going to make a Joker origin story and make it that movie." Um, did, so are are we all fans? I mean, aside from Ryan, I guess me and Chad are we are we fans of this uh, these movies? I love 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 Taxi Driver. Always have. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the you know uh, King of Comedy is one of those that I appreciate. Um, never really loved. Of course, most of Scorsese's outside of Taxi Driver, I've never loved. I mean, even Raging Bull or uh, Goodfellas. I mean, Taxi Driver is the only one that I'm just hold up with very high regard so mm-hmm. yeah well taxi driver is actually i mean it might be my favorite like pre-1980s movie like i i've always really loved that movie right. it, it is just absolutely fantastic and the king of comedy i'm sure i saw like it's one of those movies i always talk about like older movies that i know i saw but i couldn't really remember i just watched it two weeks ago in the lead up to this and uh I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was uh, it was pretty great, um, and and it, it was so funny watching it now, like kind of for the first time. Not really the first time, because like I said, I, I'm sure I'd seen it, but just like beat for beat, I was like, oh my god, this is like I know exactly what I'm getting myself into. Like right. there's so much of right. this is is what I expected Joker to be, and then it ended up being quite quite a lot of it. Um, right. And of of course the the whole kind of stunt casting of Robert De Niro as the right, late right. talk show host now is really uh, pretty pretty sweet and clever and fun. Um, I I don't know if he's he's exactly right for the role necessarily. Right. He's kind of old and stuff, but. Uh, but he, he he definitely you know it it's a it's a cool thing for fans of of Scorsese movies that's for right sure. yeah no I agree with you there um yeah I mean I, it was in when I was in college I I watched like every Scorsese movie I could find um so I don't remember a lot about it I remember enjoying it um but uh yeah uh, I hadn't seen it in forever so yeah. Well, uh, Ryan, what about you? Uh, what are your thoughts on these movies that you haven't seen, but you probably have thoughts on them anyway? Oh, absolutely. I um, <laughs> have been, uh, like, like I furiously wikipedia both these movies after hearing it was an exact ripoff, because I wanted to know what it was a ripoff of. And I had, uh-huh. like, long ago considered, like, Joker movie, anything gets spoiled for me, I don't care. Like, I'm not going into this for, like, 
anything other than seeing how it unravels. Sure, um, sure. And no, no, and I, I could definitely see it. There's a lot of like there are definitely a lot of tropes I like in other movies that are strong homages to Scorsese that like originated in Taxi Driver and stuff like that. So it's not mm-hmm. like this is the first time I've seen anything remotely in the field before. Uh, in terms sure. of like how beat for beat it is, I, I don't really you know have any context for that besides like, oh yeah, this seems like a part that was in the Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> it was interesting though, because some of the scenes that I sort of thought like, oh, this is because it's taken from a Batman comic, were also actually just taken from King of Comedy. So... It wasn't like a totally out of left field choice to rip that off. There definitely um, is some uh, some precedent for some of the plot points of uh, King of Comedy being tied into like Joker's backstory in some of the comics. So, now that that's interesting because uh, you know we're teasing you for not having seen these movies, but um, at the same time, I obviously don't know anything about comic books and I haven't read any of these comics. I don't know the stories and, you know, I'm sure that there is some precedent within some of the versions of these, uh, you know, Joker origin stories and Batman stories where, you know, some of this is coming from, I know I've read that there's a lot of things that are like twisted and like taking bits and pieces and mixing them together. But, uh, I certainly wouldn't know where any of those things are from. Yeah, and evidently uh, there was a Joker uh, comic book where he appeared on a talk show, yeah. and he, there was he a kills sex, the entire audience. Yeah, and there was a sex therapist on the show with him, and he actually kisses her. So evidently, a lot of that was very much in line with that comic. That was that was where I was wondering if it was yeah. going to go in the direction of the comics, because in the comics he like goes on a talk show and then just murders the entire audience. And like, it was in a very comic book way. I think it was one of those, like he released uh, laughing gas that kills you into the vents for the show. And I was like, that would be a really weird turn for the movie to take, right? <laughs> like that it's been super grounded. And then suddenly Joaquin steps up and goes, haha, I'm actually a chemist and have also made a chemical that can make <laughs> you laugh to death. And I've put it in the audience and the next five minutes is just Mark Maron laughing himself to death. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that, that's him that would doing be what he did dark. worked a little better for this kind of movie. Yeah, that's that I think, and we'll get into you know a lot of stuff as we're getting through this conversation. But I think if it had gone in that direction, um, I, I think it was wise that only only one person was shot to death or yeah. killed in any way because. If if he had just gone on a straight up killing spree, I think it would have uh, it, it would have made some of the criticisms of this movie that I quite frankly think are bullshit. That it's like glorifies violence and and all that kind of stuff. I and we'll get into that later, but uh, I think it would have really made that point for the people who claim that. Mm-hmm. But right now, it, it's really not. It's just a. I, I think it's a, a a sick person who can't get any help and has finally had enough. So uh, we will uh, get into some puzzle pieces now, aside from those first two. Why don't we uh, start with you, Ryan? What do you got for your first one? So a lot of what I was thinking about this movie the entire time is in a weird way, I feel like I, I, I feel like it feels very pretentious to call this movie the My Generation's anything, but it really <laughs> does kind of feel like it's My Generation's Fight Club. Um mm for all the wrong reasons, like the worst parts of Fight Club about like, you know, Fight Club was like um, 
an observation, you know, it was a movie with a, with an, uh, a mentally ill protagonist who is an unreliable narrator. And it was like an exploration of like toxic masculinity and like what a man is supposed to be and how like, I'm fed up with society. There's a better way to do it. I've transcended it because I understand certain rules about like the world that other people don't. And mm. a lot of people didn't necessarily pick up that Fight Club was a criticism of some of those beliefs, sure. right? Like, so the same kinds of people I feel like who like idolize Tyler Durden, uh, they're going to get a lot of the same things out of this Joker movie. Um, right down to the fact that what honestly what kind of struck me the most about this movie that is always my favorite thing about Joker in uh, movie portrayals of him is in a lot of portrayals you know the Jack Nicholson stuff like that he's kind of just a gangster but they touch on it a little with Heath Ledger's performance and they touch on it a lot here that like Joker is kind of a cult leader he he like it bring he he has people who work for him to do bad things but he also like gets people who just like so firmly believe in his like sheer force of personality that he kind of just leads people to like dismantle the world the way he wants to, which is like what straight yeah. up Tyler Durden. One of the reviews that I read, I, I can't remember which one it was, but they, they described him as a folk hero. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's uh, great. That's, that's definitely, it, it's, it's weird that you could still draw this back to like, um, you know, like an Occupy Wall Street kind of like yeah. hero, but it's like it's almost in my mind like an alternate reality of like the way things could have gone if someone took it a little further. The same way that like Fight Club was kind of the same thing against like big consumerism rather than uh, you know big capitalists. Sure, sure, Chad. You know, th this is a very good question. Are you a Fight Club fan? I don't know. <sighs> <laughs> I, gave, I gave I gave the I gave the crap to 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 Ryan for not seeing Taxi Driver. I've actually never watched Fight Club. Um, oh, I've seen bits of right. it, but I've never watched it. Um, I, I, I feel exactly like that's a movie you hate, huh? <laughs> I feel like that's a movie you'd hate, but probably. I think, given that it's one of my favorite movies, I think it's reasonable <laughs> to assume that Chad would hate it. <laughs> I, I loved Fight Club at the time, and I haven't seen it in a long time. I, I, I've been wondering lately how it would age, especially with, like, all of, like, the memeability of, like, the we live in the society thing yeah. and all that. And it's like, would I just be kind of rolling my eyes at the message of the movie, or would it still hold up? Because, I mean, I, I freaking loved it back then. There was a Fight Club 2 that came out, like, two years ago, and that, like... I'm really scared to revisit that because Fight Club is definitely one of those ones that like, I've read the book, I read the movie, I watched the movie, I love them both, but it, it, I'm kind of in the same boat you're in. Like, I definitely do think Fight Club holds up from the bits I've rewatched, but mm. there's no way it will ever reach the level of the like, oh, I was younger and I first discovered the like edgy subversions of Fight Club yes. kind of thing. And yeah. there's no way that reading a comic book sequel that was released 15 years later is going to help <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine it would uh, it would it would take some of the wrong uh, cues for for continuing some of that story. But I don't know. So so since you brought up Fight Club, though, because um, mm -hmm. I, I know the goings on of the, of that movie, basically what happens, uh, it's like a twist and, um, that yeah. sort of thing. But, um, so it, it, you basically got a character that isn't really there the whole time, right? Sure. So it's a lot of it. It's basically in the guy's head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here's the thing. So we'll go ahead and jump into that because my way I saw this Joker movie, I saw it that none of it actually happened. 
He's yeah. not the real Joker. Arthur Fleck is not the Joker. This is just some and guy that's in an insane asylum that imagined all of this. Maybe he read a comic book. Maybe he saw something and he put all of this together in his head that none of this actually happened. The whole movie, mm. none of it happened. Which my my which I'll go ahead and throw in my my puzzle piece that and that's American Psycho. Which yes, I've always seen American Psycho that same way that. None of it actually happened. He just wrote it in his book. Now, you talk to other people. Of course, there was a sequel that doesn't connect with that. They they went in a different direction. So that doesn't work <laughs> out. Um, but the, there are people to this day that I talk with them, and they didn't see it that way. But that's how I saw this movie as well, that it it, it basically all happened in his head. Um, all of the, the female characters, uh, if you notice, all of them except his mother were... Uh, you know, black women and mm -hmm. his doctor at the end was a black woman. I think he was just basically kind of using her uh, to make up these other women yes. that were in his life. Yeah. Oh, they, they all kind of symbolically represented frustrations he had with, right. Stuff. With women yeah. in general. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I like that. Uh, that and I will say that was actually, uh, um, consistently my least favorite part of the movie was any of the, Oh, did that really happen? Or did that not right. parts? Usually I like that in movies, but like, um, you know, every, uh, the fact that the p picture was signed by Thomas Wayne. So, Oh, maybe his mom wasn't crazy. Maybe Thomas did just forge the adoption papers to cover his ass or like, Oh, maybe the whole him getting pulled out of the car thing didn't happen. And it's just him hallucinating that in this, like, Normally in movies, I'm fine with that. I didn't really care in either direction about the woman next door not knowing him thing, but every other, like, the, you know, the final scene, him dancing with the bloody shoes, being like, oh, this is almost definitely an imagination kind of thing. Like, that just didn't do anything for me. And I don't know what it was that, like, he fumbled the ball on, uh, but, like, every part of that movie where it was like that. So, like, by that logic, Chad, you as you've described the movie, I hate the entire film now. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, see, that's what made me love it. I love that sure. about it because it's it, the other movie. It, it, it reminded me of that. That came to mind was High Tension, which is a movie that I I love. I think I've mentioned uh, before. But so yeah, yeah, you've got an unreliable narrator basically, yeah. and you have to watch. Like it, it's always fun to go back and watch a movie like that because then. If it's done right, you can see things that you didn't see the first time, and it makes uh -huh. sense because you're like. But that's not really happening, and it, yeah. and it makes sense. But um, I, I I so want to see this movie again and uh, and see if it does play like the whole time with that expectation of this is just all in his head. So the one thing uh, about that open ended endedness of that ending, um, which I when I watched it, I actually did not take it as open-ended at all. Um, I just kind of took it as, no, it, he, he is the Joker, and that, that's all there is to it. Um, and then as I, you know, thought about it a little bit, I was like, oh, well, actually, he could not be, you know? And then I realized that that was that whole theory I had from the get-go of, right, <laughs> of this right. not, being, not being a Joker movie. Um, but, you know, I think the one thing that's going to really drive that home is if they hopefully never do a sequel to this, which we all hope. If they don't, it's going to keep that open-ended forever, and that's going to be kind of awesome, <laughs> I think. That's going to be the perfect way to end it if I, that happens. Unless... 
my my I I was thinking about this because I was like they can't ever do a sequel, but then I was like Blair Witch Two, they can do a sequel. <laughs> oh, no, it, it, it's it's all you know they can just go more with the performance art and the meta ness of this movie that. He is just a guy that was in an insane asylum, Phoenix. and you open with him surrounded <laughs> like Batman comic books, yeah. and then he gets out of the insane asylum, and it picks up from there. Actually, becoming <laughs> the Joker at that point, yeah. No, but, see, it, but the I character is Joaquin Phoenix in the movie, though. I don't think that whether or not it <laughs> happens and whether or not he is the Joker are the same point, though, right? Like, I sure. do like to think that the that the riot at the end did happen, and that him in the asylum was like, you know, uh, a couple days later, he got like arrested by the cops because he's, you know, this version of the Joker is not particularly clever or a criminal mastermind or anything. Mm. So like, realistically, five minutes into him dancing on the car hood, the cops would have just shown up and tased him <laughs> in my mind. But I still think that, yeah, he is the person that 30 years from now, the Joker will like draw on as like a Guy Fox mask kind of mm -hmm. analog, right? Like I don't, I don't have any delusion that he's the same Joker that will be the Joker in the Robert Pattinson movie or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Even if they were explicitly in the same universe, uh, which as far as I'm aware, they're not. Um, I, I still think timing wise Joker as a character, um, one of his most important traits is that he only exists to counter the Batman. In any comic where like Batman goes away or dies or retires, Joker just shrugs and goes back to being a normal dude. Like he right, only right. exists to counter the Batman. So I do really like this twist. Well, it's not necessarily a twist because some of the other movies have done it before. That in a way, this Joker created the Batman by inspiring these riots. And therefore, sure. in the future... Um, you know, that is inspiring this kid to go on to become the Batman who will inspire someone else to inevitably become the Joker. Uh, so mm -hmm. I like that little, I, I, it was a bit, it's a bit less heavy handed than Jack Nicholson being the one who shot Batman's parents, which I've never <laughs> been a huge fan of. Um, yeah. But I, this feels like symbolically a little better to me. So uh, I guess I'll go with my first puzzle piece. Uh but yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the first Taxi Driver inspired movie with Joaquin Phoenix playing a loner with mental health issues whose life has been plagued by violence. And that is You Were Never Really Here, um, which I, I think is really important to bring up uh, because it is essentially uh, such a similar concept and, and to have oh, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix in it. And it's so such a testament to how insanely talented he is that they are two completely different takes on such a similar story yeah, right. such such a similar character um with a similar trajectory i mean at least for the beginning uh and then you know uh, you were never really here it goes in a totally different direction but uh yeah and i think it's also a fantastic movie uh that has you know centered around a fantastic performance both are movies that uh I don't think would work as well without such a fantastic central performance. You know, they really are performance-based movies. Definitely. Yeah, and and and, and he was like such a badass in that movie. And oh, now yeah. here he is this scrawny so meek. Yeah, like, like Yeah. But yeah, he he took care of his mother in that movie as well. I mean, so yes. there's so many similarities. Yeah. Um uh, that's like, I, I mean, really, uh, Ryan had, had, had said he's, you know, been in a lot of, uh, hero movies. I mean, really the Joker movie just, it should have been called the Joker was 
not here or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would here. that would lean into that. That would the, lean into that twist. Too. Right. Yeah. The Joker. The Joker was here, or the Joker was never here. I don't know. Oh God! So. If it was Jared, Le- if it was Jared Leto, though, it would be with like W U Z. Joker was here. <laughs> I I would love to see the evolution from that Joker into Jared Leto's, where like assuming it is the same person who just like like ages really well and ends up looking like Jared Leto, and like after all that, he's like, you know, I could go for some tattoos now, and oh, starts God. like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my God! Well, Ryan, what do you got for your next one? Um, so I actually wouldn't be surprised if maybe you guys had this one as well, but, uh, the Michael Douglas movie falling down. Yes. Um, which, you know, that's, that's kind of just a movie about like how a really bad day can just break anyone. Um, and this is going to tie into something I'm going to talk about, uh, later down the line with another puzzle piece. Um, but it really is just kind of a movie about life piling up on a person who, you know, is sympathetic in a way, and you you can watch Falling Down, and I think at every step of the way, as he slowly gets to where he gets at the end of the movie, of going from, like, I'm just a business dude walking around, to, like, I'm waving a gun around at police threatening to kill people and, like, trying to almost shooting up a Burger King and stuff. Um, Every step of that logic, you're sort of like, I wouldn't necessarily make those decisions, but I kind of get it, dude. And I felt the yeah. same way with a lot of the Joker stuff of like, it's it's like death by a thousand paper cuts of like each individual step. You're kind of like, if I was already in his state of mind and this thing happened to me, mm-hmm. it's not crazy that he acts the way he like that he reacts the way he reacts to it. But then like sure. the accumulation of that, you go from maybe a good guy who's got some bad luck and life isn't really fair to, to like, utter psychopath who's also probably kind of uh so like feeling very self-righteous at this point and believing that like the world owes them whatever it is that they're uh you know paying forward to the world in terms of punishment mm-hmm. yeah see and this is the thing uh that i like the most about this movie joker um i i think you know I, I know a lot of critics disagree with me and, you know, have said that, that, that Todd Phillips does a really bad job here and doesn't really drive home the, uh, you know, the, the progression of the character and everything. But I felt like you really feel this guy's like struggle and pain and like just the fact that nothing can go right. And, and then, you know, added on top of, you know, the, the trying to navigate the mental health industry in this country. And, and I think it's just such a, you know, such a real portrait of everything that's gone wrong lately and it it i think it handles it so well and i'm shocked to say that because i certainly would never have expected a todd phillips movie to be you know handling it that way uh but i think i think it does such a good job of of showing that that character that's just being beaten down by every single external factor imaginable no i i agree with you too and uh and that's the thing is like uh you know talking about taxi driver and i mean that's the thing with taxi driver you know it's a a man with mental illness and it's not it, it not only that it's a man who's yeah. isolated and that's the that's the same the same thing here and then with mental illness when you ha- add in the isolation it it really you know fucks mm-hmm. with a person you know yeah. it really it really warps yeah. their mind they don't know how to actually 
you know, function at all. And like uh, one of the, 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 here's the thing, this movie I thought was actually a lot funnier than <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's funny because it's, 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 it's done in a, I feel a tasteful way as opposed to some movies where it could be about mental illness and it's like not sure. quite as tasteful, but I mean, still the part where he, um, you know, he's on the elevator and the, 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 the woman's with the little girl and she does the thing with a gun to her head. Uh, and then he, <laughs> he later walking out and he's like, Hey, and he thinks, you know, he's being cute and flirting or whatever. And he puts the, the, the finger to his head and pulls the, the trigger. Like he's, shooting himself and she's I just have like, never related so strongly like, to so a character as that moment <laughs> yeah. like when a like like when a girl like, will like say something to me and then like five minutes later i'll think of something funny in response to it and she's completely <laughs> moved on I'm like hey yeah that weather right the girl's just like what the fuck <laughs> Which 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 re- reminds me a lot of uh, Taxi Driver uh, when he he goes out on the date with uh, Sybil Shepherd and he oh you want to go to a movie they go to a movie <laughs> he takes her to a porno yeah. and to him this is fine and she's like what the fuck <laughs> is this so uh, you know I mean uh, I I just think though the, the 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 mental illness in the movie was was handled very very well and 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 it's also though it works in a funny way that you wouldn't think it was because it's not like making fun of the character. It's not making fun of the mental illness, which I'm going to kind of go to what would be my next puzzle piece Mm because it ties in with this movie I love. um, And it's about uh, mental illness as well. It is very uh, much influenced by Taxi Driver. Uh, That's Observer and Report. Nice. Uh, The Seth Rogen movie, which I love, love, love. And of course that movie the 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 mental illness is more of a joke it's more of um it's hard to explain the difference it's it's not necessarily mean-spirited um but i mean i I rewatched it because i thought of this movie so i actually rewatched it last night i still love that movie and there there are some of those parts uh in it as well where he's trying to like you know like like fit in like do what he's supposed to be doing. Like uh, he walks up and uh, uh, Anna Ferris, her character and this other guy are laughing and he comes up and he's just laughing. He doesn't know what <laughs> yeah. they're laughing about. And, and, and he's like, Oh yeah, well, it was funny. And it was just like, you know, um, is that same kind of thing of him just trying to fit in. He doesn't know how, um, but uh, ob- observe and report, uh, you know, again, you, you've got this guy who lives with his mom, who, He's uh, uh, just, uh, you know, trying to kind of figure out where he fits sure. in the world uh, and kind of probably doesn't, it, same with Joker, doesn't really, you know, feel like he exists, like he, like he has a purpose or anything. Um, uh, of course, he thinks uh, he's going to be a cop. So in that one, you had that trope of he had this goal to attain and then he couldn't reach it, where in this one, he never really had that. He had no purpose, no goal to, you know, to, to sure. try to reach. Um, but there was something about this one that, that seemed more sincere, just with the way that the uh, the mental illness was absolutely, handled. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, it, it really does uh, balance that really well. I mean, because like you said, there is quite a, quite a bit of funny in this movie. Um, 
And, and I mean, it is a big, I mean, even though it's so dark and everything, it is a big blockbuster movie based on a comic book property. I mean, it kind of has to have some laughs in it and stuff like that, but I, I think it's balanced really well. And even though it's pretty dark and serious for the majority of the movie, which again is another thing that I could see a lot of people complaining about is, you know, how serious it is, but people complain if it's too funny, they complain if it's too serious, they complain no matter what. So, you know, that's just the way it is with movies that was uh okay so that was yours chad so i guess it's up to me now for my next puzzle piece um i'm gonna go with one i'm guessing was also on chad's list but i'm gonna i'm gonna steal it and that is nightcrawler <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh but yeah i mean it kind of goes along again with, with a lot of these things i mean we're kind of just we're we're talking about all of these great movies of people just kind of losing it and, and you know the, and just like right. going down this path of destruction and and just uh you know letting letting the the world get the best of them and you know and getting to a place of just where violence ends up being the the end result just like insane violence and uh Jake Gyllenhaal's character in in Nightcrawler of course you know has a different a different kind of mental illness, you know, certainly a more, uh, you know, violent from the start character, more, more trouble, troubling character, uh, from the get go, someone who probably was never right. going to get any form of help or never want any kind of help. But, uh, but it's a, you know, a totally different kind of thing there, but I still, I still think that kind of, uh, that kind of story, though, is inspirational here for a movie like Joker. Well, de definitely, and and then also uh, with that character, you you know, uh, totally isolated. He um, he's obsessed with uh, you know uh, mm -hmm. TV and media, oh, that's true, the news. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and um, uh, there's just uh, that character too, like that movie. I I love that movie. I think that movie is very very funny, sure. very dark comedy. Um, and I think I think Joker, um, you know, has some of that same dark comedy like Observing Report, Night, like Nightcrawler. They're all totally different movies. But uh, I mean, even even Taxi Driver, there's some weird dark sure. humor in there. It's just less. It's just less. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, totally. Uh, you know, Nightcrawler is another one definitely inspired uh, by Taxi sure. Driver as well. Um, I, I, I think it it's. What's so interesting is that this movie is a perfect example, I think, of of being a product of our in, uh, being inspired by other things that were inspired by other things that were actually inspired by something <laughs> else to begin with. There's like this loop of of art imitating life and art imitating art and then life imitating art and then sure. this movie. Uh, it, it's very much a meme. <laughs> yeah, I, I could totally see that. Absolutely. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Uh, Nightcrawler and, uh, also Observer Report. You know, so I haven't, I haven't actually seen it before, but, um, a lot of the commentary I've heard on, um, like, like from reviews I've read on Jake Gyllenhaal's character in that movie remind mm -hmm. me a lot of the kind of things I heard people saying about, Joaquin Phoenix about two thirds of the way through the film. And from then on, like kind of, mm -hmm. I think you, you called out the fact I, which I wasn't actually positive of that Jake kind of starts out being more of a piece of shit to begin with and doesn't have as much of that downward trajectory. Sure. Um, but I've definitely 
can see the comparisons. Um, and, it, you know, there are even interesting little quirks, you know, in just like how he controls his body. Like I've, I've heard the whole like that uh, in Nightcrawler, Jake never blink, blinks on camera kind of thing. Um, and that is always like what I've thought of when I think of that character is just that like as a trait, he's like, I'm never going to blink when the camera is on me. And all these little things that like Joaquin would do to like uh, to like uh, physicalize the character's like detachment from the world. Like the fact that um, except for the final time he runs, even when he doesn't have clown shoes on, he always runs like he's wearing his clown shoes and stuff like that. Mm. Just the little things. Um, or, you know, the fact that once he puts the face paint on, he stops laughing accidentally until it goes back uh, to Ooh, the end I didn't of the movie when he's that. not wearing it anymore. As soon as he puts the face paint on for the final time, he only starts laughing on purpose. And it's the same kind of laugh, but the timing is always synced up that it's actually him laughing. It's not, you know, it's just those like little things. Every, you know, every time Joaquin clenches his jaw, every time, you know, he does the certain things with his shoulder blades. Um, I'm not usually a guy who really cares about method acting or even honestly that much. Um, usually to me acting, I kind of only really care about it. And if it's terms of like delivering dramatic dialogue and beyond that, I'm a pretty easy guy to please, but this was very much a like physically inhabiting a role so that like every, every ounce of this guy oozes what is wrong with him? And you can just look at him in a screenshot and know what's going on. I've a hundred percent had that when I've looked at like clips from Nightcrawler as well. Like you know exactly <laughs> what state of mind like psycho Jake, uh, psycho Jake Gyllenhaal is in in those bits and stuff. Well, the the other thing though that again, again that uh, that that's so interesting about this one and the difference between Nightcrawler is that Nightcrawler again, you know, he's so. Uh, he has this ambition and he has mm -hmm. this drive and he has this fearlessness. Whereas this character, he doesn't have that. And that's what makes it like, I think grounds it more real, I think. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. It makes him more of a, a believable character. Cause um, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to say, but uh, there's definitely that, that, that contrast with that one. And then even like uh, I was saying, observing report as well. Yeah. Um, because this guy, he, he has, I mean, he has absolutely, he's just kind of like a, a, a fish, you know, on the sidewalk kind of flopping around. Yeah. I, I th it ties in really well there. Like I think in uh, the Heath Ledger movie, he straight up says, look, man, I'm just a dog chasing cars here. And like, that really is kind of like Heath is even uh, sorry. Uh, uh, Joaquin is even less forceful than that. He's like, yeah, a fish flopping around. He's like a like a feather just like floating on a river that happens to be going to a shit show. Like he's so <laughs> passive, um, which actually ties in really well to what my next puzzle piece was going to be. Which in a way, this movie to me is almost like an opposite of. Uh, I don't know if you guys. Have, I think it's a Bobcat Goldthwait movie. God bless America. Um, which oh, is yeah. one, which is one of those very uh, it's been done by a bunch of people kind of just like the I snap because I hate society I'm gonna kill everyone type of movie I know Uwe Ball has a postal movie that's a similar premise um, <laughs> but to me very specifically um, for anyone who hasn't seen God Bless America it starts with like I'm sick of celebrities and the rich people I'm just gonna kill everyone kind of thing and it's just him driving around killing reality stars I think maybe some politicians. Uh, and it was very, um, it felt like a, the natural progression of where the Joker movie would have gone if it kept going for longer, except the crucial difference is just like Chad said, 
Joaquin's guy didn't have ambition, right? He like accidentally became this person. I don't believe that this, that if, if all of this movie really happened when, when he inevitably gets out of Arkham, I can't see him becoming a criminal mastermind with a goal. He's just there to kind of do what he does. And that happens to cause chaos. Quick question. Quick question. Yeah. Um, do, do you guys think that he was going to kill himself yeah, on the 100%. set, but then changed his I, mind I, last set? I think he minute. changed his mind when Murray yeah. started when when Murray started yeah. in front of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think so too. Which, 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 you know, I just think adds to what you were just saying there about about uh, you know, about not having that ambition to really do all this big stuff. That like that kind of was the moment where he almost got some ambition, but his mm -hmm. ambition was essentially just nihilism of like, yeah. oh, <laughs> bad things must be funny because. Why would the world let this many bad things happen to me and force me to keep laughing? Uh, so, like, it must actually just be that these things are very funny. And my mom told me I'm here to make the world funnier, so I'm going to murder everybody. Like, it's a very, <laughs> like, again, it's like, all right, I can kind of see the steps of logic you took there. They're insane. But, but even then, he doesn't have, like, a pointed goal or anything like that. I, I think Arthur Fleck would be a fan of MC Random and Jewish Dave. Oh, a hundred percent. He would he would still dance the exact same way to the murder yes. music though. Like he'd be <laughs> I love that it was like half ballet dancing and half like pelvic thrusting. It was such a weird combination fantastic. of dancing of like graceful and then him just going, Oh, suck it while he's the Joker. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, to that puzzle piece, yeah, I actually, I'm trying to remember if I ever actually saw that movie. I remember it. Chad, you're, you're a fan of that movie, right? Uh, it, it's, you know, it, 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 not really a fan, but okay. yeah, you know, it's like you said, it's one, it's one of those, um, there, there, there are a lot of those movies and you had mentioned the, the, uh, postal movie, that movie's actually horrible, by the way, don't watch that one. Um, but Uwe Bo had another movie, I think it was called Rampage. Ramp yeah. He had Rampage. Yeah. Is, is yeah. Rampage the one where he builds the suit of armor? Yeah. Rampage yeah. is the good yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Rampage is the good one. So I haven't <laughs> seen that one, but I've heard watching it as a dark comedy is like the best, the most likely way for me to like, enjoy an Uwe movie. <laughs> Which is why I haven't seen it yet, to be honest. I, I like to keep that anger fueling me. That's his best movie easily, I would say. I think he made like several sequels. There's like three of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. uh, but yeah, all those types of movies. But I think um, like a movie more like Postal is a little more, or uh, Rampage is more just, he's fed up with the world, which is very similar to Joker. But like God Bless America has such a pointed message, which is the exact opposite of the intention of Joker but he coincidentally ends up like hating and killing the same kind of people. Uh, so, mm. I, so it's interesting to see uh, two paths, uh, two di different journeys, same destination. Interesting. I like it. Well, uh, what do you got next, Chad? Uh, well, I was going to uh, touch on, we were mentioning the dancing. Um, you know what it reminded me of? Mm. Um, the, the clips of Charles Manson uh, in interviews when he gets up and starts dancing. Of course, his is a lot more like, erratic and and like hyper uh -huh. but um it just it, it kind of gave me that sort of uh that sort of feeling and 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 t along with that which uh i was i was thinking about the performance art side of this the 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 tv side of this um i just think that 
like those old interviews with like Manson and then also just in general, like these old uh, TV show, like late night television, especially like weird uh people that used to be on like David Letterman and such yeah. uh, like Emo Phillips and mm-hmm. uh, like Pee Wee Herman when he was very, very weird. Um, and then even like, like Gerardo and, and Donna Donahue and, and, and Jerry Springer, even when he would have people like Gigi Allen on, <laughs> uh, and of course, Andy Kaufman is another one of these weird sure. Andy Kaufman, his, his movements a little bit when he does his little dancing too. So you kind of take like these performance art people, with like, you know, criminal, uh, insane person like uh, Charles Manson. And, and, I, and I think just, I don't know what to label this, but I, I see this as a puzzle piece. I think this I, might yeah, be the third like time I've talked about Charles Manson on the podcast with Dave. <laughs> which is weird seeing as I didn't do the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode, which means we've still just brought up Charles Manson in other movies regardless. Hey, it happens. What, what can you do? <laughs> but I like that puzzle piece, Chad. That's fun. So, so I, yeah, I would say I just it. like performance art and then also, well, Manson and, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, just like those, those weird, weird, yeah, weird, weird late night talk show guests from from like the the old days of uh, the late night talk shows. I, I I dig it. I like it. Yeah, in the good um, in the good daytime talk shows like like Donahue and Gerardo and where Jerry Springer actually had people on there. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go with another one here. Uh, it's actually my last one that I've got. Uh, but uh, the movie Christine, uh, the the one hmm. not the, like not the, the Stephen one? King. No, not not the Stephen King movie. The, <laughs> That's the, what uh, I thought too. Yeah, no, the the movie with uh, Rebecca Hall about uh, Christine Chubbuck, the the woman who committed suicide live on TV. Oh, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I was I was talking about that thing to the people I saw the movie with. I didn't realize there was a movie about that, though. But that was, like, the first thing I thought of was, like, and that's why we have delays on live TV now. Yeah, right? (laughs) And, of course, uh, you know, it goes a a different direction here. And, of course, that was based on a true story, something that actually happened. But um, uh, it's a really good movie, though. Uh, Really, really dark. Um, (laughs) I didn't know know that's what that movie was about. Um, Yeah. I'll have to watch mm-hmm. that one now. I think it's even on Hulu or something. I, I've seen it all the time. I'm like, what the hell is this? So yeah, I anyway. saw it back when it first came out a long time ago. Like, what was that like 2006? I want to say, but uh, but yeah, no, it's a good movie though. Well, well, uh, to go with that one, um, the movie I thought of was Network, which um, mm, I think yeah. that might have been in the early 80s. Um, I wasn't allowed to see it. <laughs> um, came out, it was on VHS and I, I was not allowed to watch it. Um, and then I, I remember I snuck it and saw the end of it, uh, which of Ryan wasn't the- allowed to watch it either. Cause he wasn't born yet. <laughs> it was tricky. My parents were draconian <laughs> like that. So, so with that one, you, you know, that, that, that movie, right, Ryan? Um, I, I know I have read the plot of it on Wikipedia before, and I have zero recollection of it. <laughs> like I do the, know the that way it's it has be. come up before. So, so, so the the it, it's this guy that uh, basically he says I'm going to kill myself on TV next week, and this helps like jump up the ratings of this show, which he's like being forced, I think, uh, forced into retirement or something like that. And so he really is going to kill himself, but then he becomes like this cult figure. Um, that everybody joins in to watch and they get real high ratings. And I forget exactly what happens, but they, the studio ends up killing him at the end on TV. Oh, so, uh, yeah. So it, it, it's uh, a pretty uh, infamous movie from 
back, I, I think it was in the early 80s when it came out. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I was not allowed to watch it when it first came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's another one of these these classics that I, I remember watching specifically remember watching back in high school that I, I do not really remember it that well. I really should rewatch that. I, it sounds great. And it, I know it. Like I said, I know I saw it, but I just don't remember it. Uh, so what do you got next, Ryan? You got so, uh, yeah, I came in here with exactly one puzzle piece, which was Fight Club. <laughs> and I've just been making these other ones up as I go. That, that's um, why we bring but, you on this show. But I feel like the last one I'm going to do is uh, a very, it, it wouldn't be fair not to acknowledge it, which is just the comic, which is the closest to the source inspiration, which is uh, Batman the Killing Joke, which is uh, really the the first comic that sort of tried to give the Joker an origin story. And his origin story was that he was a failed comedian who had a shitty family life. Uh, but one of the recurring themes of um, The Killing Joke is is the concept of that Joker's claim, uh, which, which comes up in some of the other movies. Heath Ledger touches on it a few times when he's like, oh, chaos is like gravity. You just need a little push. Uh, again, uh, I mentioned I would touch on this again later, but Joker's whole thing in that comic is the only thing standing between a good guy and a bad guy is one really bad day. Essentially, mm. the concept of everyone has a breaking point, and if you're a quote-unquote good guy, it's just because you haven't been through the ringer enough yet. Um, mm. And over the course of that concept, um, uh, over the course of that comic, you know, basically Joker tries to give uh, people that bad of a day to try turn them, and he's proven wrong. Uh, luckily over the course of the comic but this movie is just the distillation of that of just like you know like it's it's a movie that's got a guy getting literally kicked while he's down twice mm -hmm. within a half hour right that's that's a thing that doesn't actually happen to people it's a metaphor and yet it literally <laughs> happened to him twice within a half hour it is just uh you know like th that was the movie that kind of established that maybe uh, that was the comic that kind of established that Maybe Joker just was a dude who snapped one day because of how he was pushed. Um, so, you know, this obviously takes that in a very different direction. It doesn't use any of that as um, it, it doesn't really take much from that besides the concept of bad day stand up comedian. And even in mm -hmm. that comic itself, it's kind of implied that that's not actually the Joker's true backstory. That's just what he says or thinks at the time because he is completely Looney Tunes. Um, but I think more than anything else, if you had to pick a comic of where is this coming from, um, you'd have to give it to the killing joke, uh, which is actually, I have not read. I have it, I think, and, but, and I've read about it a bunch, uh, but I don't think I've actually read the entire thing start to finish. And now so you've I've, podcasted I've, about it. I've never, I've never read it. I did see the animated version, though. Yeah. Um, okay. That's. Fair. I was kind of leaving that out because it's not the best <laughs> adaptation. Um, yeah, it, it uh, was not the the the. It, it, it was not my favorite. I would say that. I think that's a good way to put it. That was that was not something worth Mark Hamill coming out of retirement for. Uh, I've uh, I've seen a picture of the cover. Yeah, oh, that's that's about it. So there you go. Is uh, is, is that the really famous one with him holding the camera sideways? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a very iconic, like the image of the Joker. Sure. Sure. So, uh, Chad, uh, how many more do you have? I'm guessing about twelve, thirteen. I, I, 
I, I, I got a, I got a couple big ones I can touch on, and then I can, I can throw a bunch of other ones out there. Rapid oh, fire, baby. Let's yeah, go. Let's do this. Okay. Let's do here's this. a, here's a movie I hadn't thought of in forever, and for whatever reason, this movie, this movie made me think of it. Throw Mama from the Train, uh, the Danny DeVito hmm. directed uh, dark comedy. Um, and, and again, maybe, maybe it's the, the, the dark comedy of this movie is what really touched on that. But um, I, I know Ryan hasn't seen this. Uh, Throw Mama from the Train, Danny DeVito's character. Um, he takes care of his mother, who is the old woman from Goonies, um, which I don't know if you've seen Goonies. I have not, uh, anyway. <laughs> that, the number one, besides Back to the Future, Goonies is the number one movie I get shit about for having not seen. <laughs> okay so 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 anyways uh you know D danny devito thinks that he wants to kill his mother who he takes care of and she basically belittles him all the time and um he uh gets he, he's in this writing class that billy crystal teaches and he it talks with him about because he's trying to write this uh murder mystery and he and he's telling him about hey you know take my my ex-wife for example i hate her you know i i want to kill her but i can't kill her because i have too much of a motive you got to take away the motive um yeah. and you got to have an alibi and so he gets in his this is a takeoff of a hitchcock movie by the way so he gets in his head hey i'm gonna kill his wife and then he's gonna kill my mom so he goes to to kill the wife and comes back and he's like, Hey, it's done. I killed your wife. Um, now you got to kill my mom. And, <laughs> and so that's the, that's the movie of Billy Crystal, not wanting to kill the mom feeling <laughs> like, Oh, should I kill his mom? And, um, I, I mean, it's, I rewatched it. Cause again, I, I, for whatever reason, I thought of this movie and, um, it, it holds up. It is, it is great. Uh, Danny DeVito directed it. Um, and, uh, there's just something about the, the the dark humor, and then also the fact that I think that uh, you know you've got this man who he uh, takes care of the mother. And, uh, you know, um, she's a lot meaner and throw mama mm. from the train to him than than this mother is. But still, that mother belittles him and and mm. and does not you know uh, hold him up or or help him in any way. She basically yeah, doesn't really him support down. him or anything. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah, so I mean that that was actually one of the one of the big ones. And again, though, like I mean, I thought this movie was really funny. So a lot of my pieces came from the, the, this area of like dark comedy. I mean, most sure. of them, I think. Yeah, it's like pitch um, black comedy for sure. <laughs> now, a serious one that I did think of though was mm -hmm. uh, the uh, assassination of Richard Nixon, um, the Sean Penn movie. Um, which I hadn't seen that one in forever. And I, I looked for it on streaming and I couldn't find it because I did want to rewatch it. So the assassination of Richard Nixon is supposedly the true life story that actually inspired Taxi Driver. Uh, Samuel uh, Bick, I think is his name. Um, he hated, hated, he, he was like, you know, uh, down on his luck, had this whole downward spiral, and he got it became obsessed with wanting to kill Richard Nixon. And I think his his plan in uh, real life was to hijack a plane and crash it into the White House. Mm -hmm. um, so, anyway, it's a great movie. Sean Penn is fantastic, but evidently that was one of the uh, the the true uh, stories that inspired Taxi Driver. Um, and then I was I was actually looking on that today, and then I had forgot about. There was actually another story. Uh, the guy that uh, uh, shot uh, George Wallace uh, in 72 when uh, Wallace uh, was uh, 
getting to ready to, to, to run for the, uh, uh, the Democratic uh, nomination. Um, he was actually shot by a guy that uh, his name was uh, Arthur Bremer. And I thought that was interesting that he's yeah, yeah. Arthur. So anyway, again, though, what I said earlier about how this is kind of a meme where these films that exp- these real events that inspired taxi driver and then the taxi driver inspired all these other things. And then it's like it's like this whole loop of like art and inspiration and, and true crime. And isn't, um, isn't that kind of the point of the show? Yeah, I, I think mean, so. You know, that's so. kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Cause, <laughs> cause, cause that's the other thing. I, you guys don't probably remember this either, but the guy that tried to assassinate uh, Ronald Reagan, um, he was obsessed with taxi driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Hinkley. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of that stuff. Um, and, and, um, you know, all of this, uh, uh, I could understand a bit of hysteria if these were the reasons why people were getting hysterical about this movie, but nobody's bringing any of this stuff up. The only thing they, they bring up as far as any of this true crime stuff. Um, I don't know if y'all read this, but, uh, I didn't even know of this one, but, uh, there was one called the death wish gunman, uh, that, uh, it was a guy on a subway that killed like four people. And Hmm. evidently they were all black guys, but at the time when it first happened, um, New York kind of was behind the guy because these were like, uh, you know, uh, he was like going to get robbed and he, he shot these people, but then come to find out he was actually a racist that was, uh, trying to just kill black guys. And so then all of a sudden, nobody's like, no, 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 no. We we (laughs) support him anymore. But, uh, anyway, so that, that was actually one of the, the, uh, the things that I actually saw anybody mention and all I can figure is that because I, I remember reading beforehand that this Joker movie was racist. Of course, it was obviously people that hadn't seen the movie. And all uh, I can figure, one of the people I walked out of the theater with did claim it was racist and I really did not want to engage in that conversation. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I, I, I will a hundred percent say that and I am putting them on blast a little bit, but they a hundred percent were like, yeah, that movie's racist. And I was like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I don't get that at all. Um, yeah. may, you know, we are three white guys, so I mean, yeah, but right. I, I mean, but I don't get it at all. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, uh, I, I, not racist or sexist. You had these, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I, I, besides him, the actual like decent characters in the movie were were like black women. I mean, yeah, for the most part. So. Yeah. By the way, can I can I just say really quick uh, when you were you were talking about some of those true life stories uh, for a second, I thought the guy who shot George Wallace was a movie title. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hey, it could be. Yeah, it it would work. Uh, So, yeah, no, those are uh, that's good, though. And um, I I think is is that uh, is that it as far as movies? Well, I will say this. I I did think of A Clockwork Orange and Natural Born Killers, um, Mm. which uh, here's the the thing with uh, A Clockwork Orange, which, of course, Natural Born Killers was big time inspired by that movie. But this one, I think, is definitely more in line with Natural Born Killers because Natural Born Killers was... Well, the way I saw it was that uh, A Clockwork Orange is kind of more about uh, 
people are going to do what they want to do regardless. You can't brainwash people, basically. And people are just going to function the way they want to. And then Natural Born Killers is more of, well, wait a minute. Maybe, Maybe the media does you know, encourage, uh, you know, crime and maybe mm-hmm. it's in, involved with the crime, um, uh, it, like supports it and, and glamorizes it. Um, and maybe that, uh, kind of eggs, you know, criminals on. Whereas mm-hmm. this one though, I feel that this one, it's really like bring your own message. And I think everybody that watches it sees a different movie because it does not take a stance. It doesn't take a stance because I think because Todd Phillips is an idiot and he doesn't know what kind of movie he even made. I think that's very true. That's that's so 100% accurate. So I think it's actually brilliant despite him. Uh, That is a really, really good point. I, I think I think you're so right because I, I really think like like we said back when we were first starting the, this conversation, we were talking about Taxi Driver and uh, the King of Comedy. I really feel like he just saw those movies. It was like I want to do that. <laughs> like, but I don't think he knew why necessarily. But I mean, he really did. I mean, props for props are due. He really worked it into an incredible movie right. with with something to say. That's right. it. Really does have something to say. But but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Though I, his, his his job of of redoing those movies was so much better than his job that he thought he was doing with Scarface. Remember, <laughs> War Dogs was like his Scarface. Yeah, um. that's right. I forgot about that. I forgot that that was basically exactly that. <laughs> so he did a way better job this go around. Nice. Well, I'm going to do the finished puzzle and then we'll get any uh, closing thoughts that we have. So uh, finished puzzle, of course, has Taxi Driver and the King of Comedy. And then we talked about Fight Club, American Psycho, High Tension, You Were Never Really Here, Falling Down, Observe and Report, Nightcrawler, God Bless America, uh, Charles Manson interviews, as well as late night talk show interviews with odd guests <laughs> uh christine network batman the killing joke comic uh throw mama from the train the assassination of richard nixon clockwork orange and natural born killers uh yeah so i you know i i'm realizing we we haven't said the word society a lot during this so it's actually pretty impressive guys i'm very impressed I, I, I gotta say, like, we'll get into some closing thoughts here. I really did love this movie. I know that I, I was shocked to see, um, it, you know, it's got like a 80 or 90 percent like Rotten Tomato, like, uh, for people, but critics, it's like a 60 percent or something like that. I was pretty, pretty surprised that a lot of critics seem to be kind of down on this movie, but it does seem like a lot of like, my fellow movie podcasters and people like in that kind of a space, they all really love it. And then just general audiences seem to be loving it, which is uh, surprising. Uh, I had a B plus cinema score for a movie this dark and this bleak. Um, it's pretty surprising, but I, I'm glad that at least, you know, certain segments are really connecting with it. I, I, I agree with you totally. I mean, I, I love this movie. Um, I, I have read a lot of critic r- reviews that uh, they uh, they say that it doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I, I think this movie, um, 
I, it says it says a lot. I mean, but I think it's it really a lot of that is what you read into it. Mm. Uh, I think that's one of the really cool things about the movie, though, is that you can. Sure. You, and, and really, that kind of comes back to the whole thing with the media, though, because that's that's what the the media projects and puts their own spin of, of what's happening and and feeds it to everybody. And then that's the version that people move forward with. Whereas mm-hmm. this, instead of it hand feeding you a message besides the, the on the nose, um, I, I forget exactly what he says in the movie, but he definitely, you know, paraphrases that we live in a society. Yeah, he basically yeah. says that line. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, that was the one thing I did not like about the movie is that mm-hmm. he said that line. So on the nose, Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, for me, when, when, when I watched this movie, I got, a uh, an anti-gun message, um, mm-hmm. a, uh, a, uh, you know, a, basically a, a complaint about, uh, you know, the a mental illness, uh, condition, um, the, you know, the, the, the crisis that basically, uh, America has with, uh, you know, mental health. Um, navigating also, that health that health uh, healthcare industry is like it's right. insane. Right. It's, it's yeah. awful. It's it's also it's even like uh anti uh you know uh, uh big government. I, I kind of feel like that Thomas Wayne is kind of a cross between Hillary and Trump. Mm-hmm. Um they uh he, he kind of has a deplorable comment, you know, um that's kind of in you know, uh, in the vein of uh what Hillary said. I forget exactly what he said, but he basically insults uh what was it he said? Um but anyway, he, he basically insulted basically everybody in Gotham. Um and uh I think it it's really it's about uh you know our uh bully culture in general though yes. that we live in that uh all of these things are what i've always every time there's a mass shooting i go on and on about this is what the problems are is these three damn things um but um i think um it's you know it, it really it's it's like a, a a a great piece of art that uh you can read into it what you want to read into it and uh you know uh, i i liked it so much that it it surpassed wonder woman and justice league and it is actually right behind batman v superman as my favorite movie uh that dc's done even though dc's logo wasn't at the beginning of this film so. chad are you gonna go back and watch other todd phillips movies now i'm curious like are you gonna be like watching the hangover tonight or something no no <laughs> probably a good no. call I, 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 like I said, I, th- I think he does accidentally. Quite, made yeah, I, I do, I do think that. I think that's a great sum up, and <laughs> such a good note for us to have ended the puzzle pieces. On. Yeah, seriously. Uh, you know, what? One other thing I wanted to mention, and then uh, Ryan, we'll see if you have any last thoughts. Uh, but uh, we didn't mention the score from. Uh, I, I'm gonna butcher her name, but Hildur Gunnadotter. I, I don't know how to say her name, but absolutely one of my favorite scores of the year. Um, oh, see, I uh, the so sound good. sound mixing and score was one of was probably my second least favorite part of this, but it really? was just because of how heavy handed it was. And I understand mm. that that was part of the point, right? Like he's a guy with mental illness, sensory overload. Sure. It's to represent how like overwhelming he is. Yeah. Uh, sorry, like how overwhelming things are in his mind. Yeah. But like I, I at every point 
felt like there was an orchestra telling me exactly how to feel about what was happening mm. on screen. Yeah, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved that score. Uh, what I didn't like as much as the score was uh, some of his needle drops um, using using Gary Glitter for the dance scene. and like, uh, I, I, like When that. I went on Reddit afterwards, almost every comment was about like, in all those commercials, they were showing him dancing down the stairs. I was not expecting Rock and Roll Part 2 to yeah. be the song it was too. <laughs> well, uh, aside from that, any other uh, closing thoughts from you, Ryan? No, you know, honestly, it's it's about what I expected it to be. It was decently good. I, um, I enjoy pretty much any movie that shows, like any of the Batman movies, I love seeing how people reinterpret Gotham every time. Uh, even, uh, you know, within the Christopher Nolan movies, how it originally, or I, I forget in what order, but in some of the Christopher Nolan movies, uh, it's it's very clearly Chicago, and in some it's very clearly Pittsburgh. Uh, I liked seeing this, like, 70s very clearly, um, like, influenced by New York uh, take on Gotham. Uh, I, I Honestly, I'm probably going to start watching the Gotham TV show now because of this, just because, like, even if it's not great... I have discovered that I am actually interested in uh, seeing more of this universe beyond just, you know, the guy who dresses up like a bat and punches people in the face kind of thing. (laughs) Um, It was weird how much this movie did and didn't have a message all at the same time. Um, But, you know, I don't, I think the the main reason this movie is going to stick with me is just because so many of the movies that it's inspired by I haven't seen. So that's going to be <laughs> like, so I, I, we were talking about this before the movie, uh, before we started recording, but like, I'm sure there are movies for you guys. You're like, Oh wow, this is just taxi driver. But now for me, I'm going to see those movies and be like, wow, this is just Joker. Uh, which is like <laughs> a weird thought that that movie's going to stick with me for the rest of my life now as that cultural touchstone. Um, but I, I would say overall that that probably led to me getting more out of the movie than I would have otherwise. Because um, to me, it's not just a couple cheap homages. Because even if it is, I don't know what it was homages to. So it's my <laughs> first time experiencing that kind of um, you know, content. So um, I think that kind of put me in a unique position for this movie. And mm-hmm. I don't think that it was a bad thing. So I, I have a question and then we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, I got a question for the both of you. Do you think with this, Ryan, you kind of touched on it earlier. You, you, you made that comment about uh, being DC's Logan. Um, and do you think that if this does well, which so far, I mean, opening weekend is looking like 90 million is going to be like a, the record for October. Um, if this does well, do you think we're going to start to see more superhero movies that push the limits of what a superhero movie can be and like tries different things like this instead of the same old, same old? I have on this podcast repeatedly, and I will say it again, said that I want to see a very brutal character study of the Hulk as his life just falls apart and he's struggling to keep his shit together. Uh, so this movie is the closest I might ever actually get to that wish fulfillment. <laughs> Uh, but I we've I think we've discussed it before. There's a uh, in my mind there's a firm distinction between comic book movies and superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am loving that we are starting to get a better exploration of superhero movies that aren't necessarily in the quote unquote superhero movie genre. Obviously, right, I would not right. consider Joker one of those. Um, but 
I think it's going to open the way for more of those. Um, there are a lot of comic book movies that are not actions that are great. I'm also sure. looking forward to seeing the ones they are still action movies. They are still a little bit of like a cheap blockbuster, but it's not just about let's get the gang together to punch a dude in space in the face kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. There, you know, it's such as a guy who loves a lot of these things, seeing those as inspirations for unique adaptations. Uh, I'm I'm all about it, a hundred percent. You know, we're seeing. Uh, you know, Fox tr has tried a couple times to do horror stuff. Uh, DC has kind of leaned into it a little more with Swamp Thing. Uh, there was Brightburn. All these things, even if individually some of them are missteps, I, I, I'm thrilled about the direction we are heading with that. And I think it's kind of a natural consequence of the only way that superhero movies can still remain a dominant genre while avoiding burnout. So I think we are going right, to see more right. and more of it, uh, both out of necessity and out of the industries are now confident enough that they can like shake it up a little more. I'll say this. <laughs> I think that the reason we're here is Zack Snyder. I feel that Zack Snyder <laughs> yeah, from the get-go has been making superhero movies that were not superhero movies, and that's why people hate them. Watchmen and Batman v Superman are both masterpieces that nobody has yet realized. I think that if without those two movies, we wouldn't be here at this point. Brightburn wouldn't have existed. I think Brightburn was also an amazing movie. I loved it as well. Um, so I think uh, very much, I think this movie was it in, in in line with DC. I think you 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 the scene where the Waynes get killed, you chop this the opening of Batman of uh, V Superman in there and it fits perfect. Um mm -hmm. uh I think this Joker is much in line with the Lex that we got in Batman V Superman. Um of course you got totally different types of, of people, but I think the 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 awkwardness the creepiness i think he's very much in line like you could see that in the same universe um that really this movie when when i uh got done watching it i kind of felt like it was like martin scorsese done by way of rob zombie with <laughs> with, with m night and Zack snyder uh <laughs> that that's kind of uh the 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 vision I feel because it's almost like a like how Rob Zombie does these these movies that are like almost like shallow versions of of like what Tarantino does because it's like they're you know inspired by and rip off all this stuff but it, it doesn't go deeper than the the the, the original whereas Tarantino does that um, mm -hmm. so I think it kind of does that and then it has all of these twists and turns. And I feel like this is like a better version than Glass, um, in, 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 in many ways. Uh, some of the, the same uh, things get touched on. But, but yeah, I mean, again, we, we mentioned all these, that where, where like these movies are going, and we didn't even mention Glass. But, uh, I mean, again, I don't think we would have got Glass. I, of course, maybe we wouldn't have got the Zack Snyder movies without Unbreakable, because that was definitely the first one. Sure. But anyway, sure. so, yeah, I, I think we definitely are, we're on this track of seeing some really good experimental i think birds of prey is going to be totally different than what people are expecting i think it's a lot uh it's probably going to piss a lot of the comic nerds off because it looks like it's more comic nerdy but it's doing its own thing completely it's making a harley movie and it's just basically you know 
it's doing the same thing Joker did in a way, because this isn't really a Joker movie. It's a taxi driver and they throw Joker's name <laughs> on it. This is basically uh, going to be a Harley movie where they throw birds of prey's name on it. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think, uh, just like you guys, I, I think we are going to see, you know, a, a lot of different unique stuff coming out of, you know, these different properties, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll find out. Um, I think that that about does it. Uh, yeah. Do you guys have anything you want to plug each of you? Oh, I watched uh, I watched Teen Spirit last night. Finally, the oh. the, the L Fanning movie. How'd you it like pretty, it? It was pretty good. Um, it's funny when I I remember when I when I first sent the 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 trailer to my sister, she said so. It's kind of Karate Kid with singing, um, <laughs> and, and it pretty much is. <laughs> Nice, <laughs> but but Elle Fanning can actually sing really good. Uh, I think she's kind of the um, uh, she's kind of the the female Taron Edgerton. Uh, of course, uh, he's m one of my favorite younger actors, and she's like my favorite young actress. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. Right on. What about you, Ryan? Uh, so I think my most concerning thing about the fact that I really did like this Joker movie and previously, you know, I was on the Detective Pikachu episode is sure. Detective Pikachu and Joker were both ones that were on my list largely because of how batshit and insane they sounded on paper. Uh, uh -huh. And so far, I'm two out of two for that being really good for me. So I can't mm. really plug anything right now because statistically that means sonic is also going to be good and i'm not ready for that <laughs> i am not prepared for that because sonic was the third one that i was like this is so insane on paper there's no way it'll work but they just might pull it off so i think this is, I, I am now just going in terms of the fact that this is going to be a hat trick of insanity and that sonic is going to come out in like five months and be amazing and i don't know what i'm going to do with myself in a world where all of those movies ended up being good. I'm just not prepared for it. You're like, you're I, like a, you're like a good, good luck clover. Is that a thing? Oh uh, yeah. Four leaf clover. That's good luck. <laughs> that's I, I, I don't think Sonic's going to be good. So. I, I, it's going to rule. I can't imagine it will, but it's gonna somehow. And it's, 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 it's funny. Cause yeah, I remember when we talked about this movie, I mean, I, I thought this was going to be like, you know, the room, the, yeah. the room, uh, you know, DC movie. I, I thought it was going to be so horrible. Um, which now that I think about it, I mean, uh, Joaquin, he is just so good. That's the thing. Yeah. That yeah. I guess you can just kind of throw him in anything and um, he'll, you know, uh, if it was Nick Cage or somebody like that, then I guess this one would have collapsed around the, uh, the emptiness of it. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would, yeah. I would love to, uh, if, if we're pretty much done here, I would love to end on one closing thought for you guys. Uh, a question. Sure. Do you think anyone told Todd Phillips that Martin Scorsese stopped being a producer on this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Did he maybe just not realize? <laughs> like, because like, if you've got Martin Scorsese executive producing your project, and presumably he goes, hey man, huge influence, just so you know, I am going to rip off two of your movies and well, put the Joker in them. And then like suddenly Martin Scorsese halfway through production dropped out as a producer and I'm just genuinely curious if maybe everyone was like, don't tell Todd. 
Like, follow follow up question: Was it just Bradley Cooper in a Martin Scorsese costume? And well, that's, that's why he thought. That that's he was what saying. I was going to say. Maybe maybe Scorsese <laughs> was never involved because uh, you know, like remember early on they were talking that this was going to star Leo, um, mm-hmm. and oh, maybe God. Leo was never involved, and maybe Scorsese was never involved. I don't know. I, now I like to imagine that this whole movie is just a horrible prank that Bradley Cooper was playing on Joaquin Phoenix that has backfired terrifically. That he was like, yeah, like fuck it, who, yeah, get the hangover guy, sure, like, yeah, 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 that'll be good, Joaquin. And then, like, it ends up working, and now he's just sitting there like, oh. <laughs> Well, uh, I, think, uh, I think next year, um, maybe not Sonic. But I think we should reconvene for a trilogy of uh, of of episodes with us. What Can't wait. Think? Sure, it'll be quite Sounds a showdown. Awesome. <laughs> yes, it will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> none of us mentioned showdown. That's for the best. This is Todd from iHeart Geek. We believe that anything you're passionate about is geek, and if you are a geek, you are family here. We record once a week and would love to have you join in our conversations. You can get hold of us at www.iheartgeekshow.com. Use the .com we paid extra for. You can get us at Twitter at iHeartGeekShow. And you can always search us on our Facebook page as well. And keep on geeking on. All right, so that does it for today's episode of Piecing It Together. Hope you enjoyed that conversation about Joker. Were there any puzzle pieces we missed? I mean, we got into quite a few. You know, Chad brought up some (laughs) really random ones, and Ryan had a bunch, and of course, you know, we hit the big ones. But uh, if we missed any, let us know. You know, you could could always email us, uh, piecingpod at allpointswest.net. You can... Just tweet at us at Piecing Pod or join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces and just get in touch and chat with us about what movies you thought inspired Joker. We would love to hear more from you guys that are out there listening and uh, get you all involved with the show. So uh, that does it for today. I want to remind you, as always, to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it does help. We recently have been in the uh, Top 100 Film Review Podcast for the past couple weeks now, and that is just awesome. I can't tell you how excited that is for me, Um, and I want to just keep making the show better and keep getting out to more and more listeners, and I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, Speaking of which, we just hit a 1,000 followers on Twitter, Uh, a bunch of awesome people out there helped make it happen on my birthday on Friday, so uh, thank you guys for helping make that happen. Again, I just want to keep getting this show heard and get it out to as many people as possible, so um, thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being out there. Let's leave you with a piece of music. And uh, I might as well leave you with one that I know I've played multiple times before on the show, but it goes with the Joker for sure. And that is the track Cut Open from my album An Unseen Sky. Enjoy this piece of music, and we will be back with more Piecing It Together coming up real soon.
and all points west. 